the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. One of the highlights for me since I took over this time slot was moving back to D.C. and attending the swearing-in of Ambassador Rick Grinnells, our ambassador to Germany, by Vice President Mike Pence in 2018. He joins me now along with the... uh, uh, former senior director for European affairs at the National Security Council. I should also add, uh, add that Ambassador Grinnell is the former acting director of National Intelligence. Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome. It's great to have you back, Rick. Uh, let me begin with you, uh, Ambassador Grinnell. Uh, Wendy Sherman came out yesterday saying, look, we might be able to work on the INF and we might be able to cancel some war games. I said that's appeasement. Admiral Stavrida says, no, that's negotiation. What do you think it is? Well, let's look at her history. Wendy Sherman has the worst history of negotiation known to man. Look at North Korea. Look at Iran. I don't understand why the Senate allows someone like Wendy Sherman to be our negotiator. She is not the tip of the spear. She's not our best. She's actually one of the worst. She cares very deeply about being liked by the other side. She doesn't have the ability to put down an America first agenda. She is crippled like Biden. She is crippled with consensus, meaning the other side's got to like me. Otherwise, I'm in trouble. You know, uh, uh, Rick, I call her, what do you want, Wendy? Because she has given away everything in two big, high-profile things. But you guys are diplomat. Uh, Let me ask you, uh, uh, Andrew Peake, when you were running the Russia desk uh, at the National Security Council, did we give unilateral concessions when Putin threatened us? No, no. And, and, you know, I think the former president did a, a very good job in maintaining a, a sense of uh, deterrence towards the Russians. Uh, you know, they, they were genuinely unsure about what he would do uh, if they pushed him too far. But, Hugh, to your, to your previous point, the, uh, what I thought was preposterous about Wendy Sherman's comment was we actually got out of the INF Treaty because the Russians were cheating on it. So why going back to it? So in, in, in exchange for them not invading Ukraine would be a, a good idea is, is beyond me. Now, uh, uh, Rick Grinnell and uh, Admiral Stavridis, who I like, good friend, says, look, appeasement means necessarily territorial concessions. I don't agree with that, but it's, it's intellectually defensible. I'm just afraid that going back to the INF, you are from your DNI days. You know what was going on with INF. We cannot go back to INF because of China. Yeah, that's it. I mean, Andrew said it best. They were cheating. They were caught cheating. They were caught cheating over a number of years and they wouldn't do anything about it. Look, if we're going to have a strategy discussion with the Russians, then what you have to do is you have to show up and have a whole bunch of issues to talk about. You can't just let the Russians determine the list of what they want and then you give things away expecting to have some sort of a, 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 a good outcome. Putin right now is looking at Joe Biden and saying, here's my time 
to militarize the situation and stop NATO expansion. And, and that's what this is all about. He's put in, Putin has put himself into a corner now because he has made the situation all about, are you going to allow NATO to expand? And that's where Biden and Wendy Sherman are really failing. They should have brought in a whole bunch of issues to say, let's talk about more than just this particular issue or the things that you want. So, Andrew Peek, what did we give Ukraine during the Trump era to provide them with better defense against additional Russian hostilities against their borders? Yeah, I mean, most critically, there was this issue of lethal aid uh, that Trump gave them uh, that that Obama had not. If you remember back in 2014 and 2015, there was this endless kind of hand wringing about about whether we could give them bulletproof vests or not uh, anti-drone technology or if that would be too provocative, as if when you're standing on the brink of a Russian invasion, the provocations are on you. That's your fault somehow. So so and then almost immediately after the new administration comes in, regardless of whether you think Ukraine should be part of NATO or not. Immediately, that lethal aid gets halted and drawn down to the point where I think we've given them two patrol boats over the last 11 months uh, well, instead of the 150 million or so that, that Trump was rolling out uh, in exchange. Andrew, Pete, let you, me stay with one Oh, go ahead, Rick. Let me just add one point to this, because I think Andrew's on to a, a really good point. We can have a discussion with the Russians. Uh, who are, um, you know, observers or, or have offices at NATO, and they're there, and, and there's a, a semblance of coordination. We could have a discussion with them about Ukraine, Georgia, Finland, and, and talk to them in a way that, that, that they recognize that we NATO exist to make sure that there is no more Russian expansion, that the satellite countries are gone. We need to be very firm on this conversation. But we also then can, can talk to them so that we don't stick them in the eye. We're not going to roll back uh, any of these former Soviet um, bloc countries into the sphere of Russia. They are part of the West. And what we need to be very firm, and maybe this is a discussion at the UN where the, the Russians care about these issues, but we need to be very firm about we're not rolling back. But what can we do to make sure you don't feel like we're just going to take over and roll in and start a war? And I think that's where Donald Trump was very clear to say, you know, we're not looking to start a war. We're not looking to poke you in the eye. But make no mistake, we will put the toughest sanctions on you if we have to. It's about behavior. Act like an international member. Uh, a, a member of the international community. Rick Grinnell, let me draw on your German experience as our ambassador to Berlin. The classic rationale for NATO was to keep America in, Russia out, and Germany down. Well, now Germany's not down. They're unified, and they're selling us out on Nord Stream. So to a certain extent, yeah. isn't Germany a partner with Putin in the appeasement that is underway? Yeah, they've accepted not only this gas pipeline, but a, a whole bunch of influence that comes through that pipeline. Uh, look, things are happening in Germany. The Greens are now part of the the government. Uh, the Greens now have the uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Ministry of Defense. Two women. The Greens the have defense. The Greens. <laughs> yes, and the, and they they're two individuals who are very inexperienced, and so 
my point is is that um, you know we we need to probably be looking a little bit more to France right now because the Germans are going to be in a period of learning. Um, and, and also, I will just say that we have to remember that the German foreign policy move right now is to be more like Switzerland. They want to be everybody's friends. They want Germany first economically. They want to sell a lot of cars in uh, China. And they, they really don't want to take a position that's different than trying to sell and, and grow their economy. They do not have the same threat assessment towards Russia or China or Iran that we do. So why would we try to do consensus? And that's what Andrew and I tried to do in this Wall Street Journal piece is to lay out how did we get here because how we got here is the real lesson to, to make sure we don't get here again. We can't show such weakness and then be surprised that we're put into a corner of really bad decisions in Ukraine right now. Now, uh, let me go to Andrew. When you were running the European desk for the NSC, Andrew Peake, you have every clearance. You've seen everything that we know about Europe. And you know that we allowed Russians oligarchs to go and buy a lot of land and to live where they want to live and put their boats where they want to put them. One of the things I've talked with various people is about preemptive disintermediation of some of those assets from the Putin's inner circle. I'm not saying disappropriate everything, but if you blink out some of their hidden bank accounts, don't say anything publicly. Just take their money. Did that, did that ever cross anybody's mind when you were at the NSC? Yes, of course. Of course, uh, you know, we levied sanctions on Derip uh, this oligarch, uh, Deripaska, uh, and others. Uh, but I, uh, but what they really care about is not being able to go to Europe. Uh, and so, to Rick's point, it is about leveraging those sanctions uh, to prevent, to, to uh, achieve the Europeans uh, agreeing with them, not just agree to whatever the Europeans want on sanctions, but, but actually build up a, an enforcement regime, which means they can't go to Italy uh, and the UK and wherever else. Uh, did, did, that's what they care are. about. Do we know where Putin's money is, his offshore money? Sure. Oh, good. Of course. I mean, we, we, we're rarely on top of, you know, he and all of his, uh, cronies and, and where uh, they have influence around the world. But, you know, to your point, Hugh, this is a great point for not only Russia, but for China. The kids of the oligarchs, the kids of the insiders who come to the United States to go to school, you shut that down, that makes a big difference. Don't go anywhere, gentlemen, if I can keep you for another segment. Their op-ed in the journal this morning is U.S. Mistakes Fed Putin's Ukraine Temptation. I want to get back into that for one more segment with Rick Grinnell, Andrew Pitt. Don't go anywhere, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt playing Woodstock music in honor of the impresario who began Woodstock's death yesterday. Now, not everyone could be out front. Some of us had to be, you know, handling the backstage stuff. But my guests are too young. Ambassador Rick Cornell, Andrew Peake, they're way too young for the Woodstock generation. I want to ask them, though, about something from even before that. Finland, the Finlandization of Finland was something I grew up with when the Cold War was at, at height. Uh, Russia's trying to Finlandize Finland again, Rick Cornell. You mentioned in the Wall Street Journal piece today by you and Andrew Peake, U.S. mistakes fed, Putin, fed Putin's Ukraine temptation. What 
what are they achieving? Finland stood up and said, you can't tell us we can't join NATO. What are they trying to do with Finland? Well, as you know, Finland is an enhanced opportunity partner, as we say at NATO. And what that means is they get to coordinate. And uh, in, in reality, they get to keep thinking for decades whether or not they want to join NATO, but they get to coordinate with NATO. So it's the perfect position for them to kind of play both sides. But I think when they're told by Russia uh, or, or when Russia says Finland should not become a full member of NATO, then the Finns stand up and say, wait a minute, uh, don't tell us what to do. And, and if you look at a map, uh, Finland and Russia are almost identical. Uh, they're, they're not only neighbors, but uh, they share a lot of resources. And so I, I think that this is a moment for Putin to realize that when, when Finland stands up and says, don't tell us what to do, this is not just the former Soviet bloc countries. You know, he's watching Belarus very closely. He's looking at the, uh, the, the other former Soviet bloc and trying to say, how do I get them in my sphere? And that's the opportunity that the United States needs to take in sitting down and talking about a variety of issues with the Russians. Don't just talk about the issues that they want and then start giving away uh, you know, different uh, things that we uh, think are valuable, but uh, know will please them, and then they're, then they're happy. We've got to change the dialogue to a much larger uh, set of issues. Andrew Peake, based on your time as director of Europe at the National Security Council, is there any chance that Ukraine can do to Putin's invasion if it occurs what Finland did to Stalin's in the Winter War in 1939 and 40? In other words, hit them much harder than they're expecting. Gosh, you know, Hugh, I I served alongside Finnish troops in Afghanistan. I, I have to tell you, they have an incredibly impressive martial tradition uh, to that. Then they uh, traded a little bit out of necessity after the Second World War for a, a more neutral status. I, I think the situations are very different. You know, unfortunately, the winter weather that is coming in Ukraine from, say, mid-January to early March actually favors the Russians with their greater mobility and their greater armor vehicles than it does the Ukrainians. Whereas uh, back, in the, back in the Winter War and the Continuation War, at which you were alluding to, uh, the mobility was actually with the Finns, the famous ski troops and the blizzards that were in the Great Battle of uh, Suomensalmi. So I, I think there's a chance, but, but I don't think we should be under any illusion that Russia cannot reasonably easily uh, impose its military will. Uh, I know. Grinnell and Peak, you cover Turkey, and people didn't see that coming. And I want to give you, Ambassador, the last minute. Turkey is a major deal that has been mishandled by uh, the Biden administration. And you call Erdogan. I went with uh, John Bolton to Turkey and got thoroughly briefed by the former national security advisor that Turkey is not our friend, but they're not Russia's friend either. And we got to remember that. Well, that's the whole thing about diplomacy, right? You've got to look and, and make sure that all of your non-friends are not pushed into a corner against you. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I believe, you know, I spent eight years at the U.N. You cannot have the Russians and Chinese organizing against you. And, and they are not natural partners. They, Turkey um, was handled brilliantly by Donald Trump. He, he made sure that Erdogan knew, look, I'm not your enemy, but I don't have to be your friend either. And when you misbehave, 
I will uh, bring down heavy sanctions, and I'm not afraid to do it quickly. Uh, I can't tell you how many world leaders would say to me, um, we just don't know what Donald Trump is going to do. And they would say it in a way of complaining. But I would always think in my mind, this is exactly where we need to be. That's, that's Nixonian. That's an asset. Ambassador Rick Grinnell, former National Security Council member Andrew Peake at the uh, Europe desk. Thank you both. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. As we begin this new year, we need to track closely with the headlines that impact religious liberty. Both Canada and Great Britain are pursuing legislative bans on what is called conversion therapy. And here we see the unavoidable collision between the LGBTQ ideology and biblical Christianity. The entire ideology of sexual revolution has been matched now with identity politics in such a way that sexual orientation has become a giant instrument of political leverage. The biggest issue as it relates to religious liberty is the effect these particular bills could have, the chilling effect of restricting the preaching and liberty of the pulpit in Christian churches. It could even extend to criminalizing or outlawing certain kinds of conversations between parents and their own children. It's concerning. It's horrifying. But we have seen this coming. In Canada, as of January the 7th, it is the law. I'm Albert Moeller. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.